Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today's episode is emblematic. Emblematic. Most years for since 2015, the Cubs and the Cubs fans have been asking, how will this affect us? How will this change things? How will this alter October? Because October was the ultimate goal. October, will this player help us in October? Will this player help us get to October? In 2021, October is really not all that important. For instance, let's take uh, the injuries to David Bodie and Nico Horner. They're both injured. At some point, they may be ready to take a rehab stint. We'll get to a rehab stint presently. But um, they may be ready to take a rehab stint and get back and, I don't know, get you know, 15, 20 at-bats before the end of the season. Maybe yeah, maybe no. <laughs> Would David Bodie hugely benefit from getting 15 more at-bats this season? Yeah, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. Would Nico Horner become a much better player in 2022 if he gets 19 at-bats down the stretch with the Cubs? No idea. There's there's realistically no information as to whether uh, adding a handful of at-bats would help either one of them or not. Um, Today, the Angels released infielder Jose Iglesias, someone on one of my Facebook groups was saying the Cubs ought to sign Jose Iglesias. They can get him for a league minimum, prorated for the rest of the season, so it won't cost much. They should get him for the rest of the season. It's like, my my response was, why? Um, You know, we've heard of him. He hasn't been a horrible player. He's been 10 wins above on... uh, baseball reference for his career so he's been you know decent enough this year he hasn't been very good which is why he was let go um and the person's response was something along the lines of well he could help them out next year well possibly maybe but he'll be a free agent this offseason you know like chris bryant like anthony rizzo he can go wherever the heck he wants to in the offseason i don't really think that offering jose iglesias a, I don't know, two-year, $14 million deal to stay with the Cubs? I don't think that makes any sense. What would make sense with Iglesias, if the Cubs would sign him, it would probably be to replace like Andrew Romine. I you know, that that would just be a swap out. I, uh, What's the term? I'm rearranging the deck chairs on the uh, Titanic. I Iglesias... Romine, whichever. I, I don't really have any preference over one or the other. Um, decisions the Cubs are facing now are about longer term, and games being played now are about long term. Does this change anything regarding the 40 man roster composition? Over the offseason. Does this game have it? Does there appear to be any information here that would encourage or discourage 
calling up a certain player or adding a player to the 40-man roster. Those are the important things now. The important things now are getting the 40-man roster right on November 19th. November 19th, having the 40-man roster right is the most important thing now. Not signing Jose Iglesias. Not getting 17 extra at-bats for David Bodie. Getting the 40-man roster right over the offseason. Whatever that means is proper. That ought to be the goal. And getting lost in anything else seems to be an unnecessary distraction. So watching minor league games, watching major league games, does this change the presumed constitution construction of the Cubs 40-man roster over the offseason? That's the important thing. After the 40-man roster is constituted on November 19th, that's when you take a break and move on. Um, my Australian football team, the Geelong Cats, were top four in the 18-team league this year. Top four, very close to being top one, but ended up being third, I think, uh, heading into the playoffs. They, they do the postseason rather interesting in Australia. Eight teams make it. Instead of the one plays eight, two plays seven, like everybody does, you know how that works? Yeah, you know, what one plays eight, two. In Australia, it's one plays four and two plays three. Whoever loses that game goes into the loser's bracket. Then four, uh, five plays eight, six plays seven. Whoever loses those games, they're out. So Geelong lost their first round game, kind of embarrassingly. So they, they got like doubled, I think it was like 89 to 43 or something like that. It wasn't close. And it wasn't as close as the score indicated either. Um, so Geelong had to play last night to make it to the final four. And they won somewhat convincingly. So the Geelong Cats are in the Final Four. I know you don't care, but they've gotten to the Final Four. So now they can <sighs> take a breath, take a breath. They're in the Final Four, which is where they should have been. They can take a breath. That's where the Cubs will be on November 20th. Then the Cubs can take a breath. But until November 20th, the goal is to assess everything that can be assessed to accurately constitute the 40-man roster. Players on the major league side, players on the minor league side, get the 40-man roster right this offseason. Once the 40-man roster is constituted, then it makes sense to start wondering, hmm, would Jose Iglesias make sense as a infield shortstop in 2022? But not before then. You know, it, Sign Iglesias and let go of Andrew Romine. That's fine. Whatever. I, it, I I don't have any draw to either one of them. They are both holding down roster spots and playing middle infield because somebody has to. That's basically the case. Okay, now let's get to the uh, pipeline 
and see if there's anything there that um, adjusts the constitution of the 40-man roster. Corey Abbott started in Indianapolis tonight, had a really good outing, six innings pitched, five hits, two runs, two earned, five walks, nine strikeouts. If it was a lot more like that for much of the year, it would be a whole lot easier to retain him on the 40-man roster. Still, he's still middle column. He's still very middle column. And at some point, I'm probably going to figure something out, but I haven't yet. And I don't know what it's going to be. Eric Yulman replaced Corey Abbott on the mound and struggled mightily. Eric Yulman is a name who is not on my tentative Rule 5 editions list. Um, in his AAA stint, had he completely shredded everything, he possibly could have been added, but it's really unlikely Eric Yulman will be added to the 40-man roster if he's not better than AAA this time around. Someone might draft him. The Cubs might end up losing him, but you can't protect everyone and still have a lithe 40-man roster. And you want you don't want to have 39 guys on your 40-man roster going into the offseason because you want to be able to make some moves. You want to be able to claim a player on waivers. You don't want to have everything loaded and gorged and totally full. Eric Ullman, no worries if he isn't added to the 40-man roster, but he is one of the people that should be getting a look. Brendan Little came in for the ninth inning with a three-run lead. Went something like this. Home run, fly to left, single, strikeout, ground out. Um, the strikeout was quite impressive. He sounded like he is the type of guy that someone would be interested in drafting in the Rule 5 draft if left unprotected. Not making a decision yet. But little interesting concept. Very, very, very interesting concept. On the offensive side, um, Janeshwi Fargus, two for five, two runs scored. He had a double or a triple. I can't remember which. Um, Trace Thompson, one for five, runs scored, two RBIs. Decent year, but he's not going to be 40-man roster or anything. I, it'd, be, it'd be cool as all heck to have him around next year, but again, he's going to be a minor league free agent, so he's going to be able to sign wherever he wants. Zach Davis, three for five, run scored. Um, Zach Davis, is he? I don't think, he, I, I think he is, I think he's going to stick around with the Cubs next year unless he is rule fived, and I doubt that would happen. Um, he's a fun guy to have around, very quick, versatile defensively in the outfield. Wilson Contreras hit a home run. He went the entire game one for five. Uh, I warned you there was going to be something on a rehab, and that's what you're looking for with a David Bodie or with a Nico Horner. If they do get to a rehab, are they able to play three games in four days? Are they able to represent? If so, then you make a spot for him. 
If they're not able to represent, then you might want to add someone else to the 40-man roster, somebody that possibly you were planning on adding anyway, maybe, and um, make a roster spot. Right? You put Placing a player on the 60-day disabled list, if they're going to be out for a month right now, is exactly what a team should do. Um, Iowa had a five-run seventh, which did it. Iowa wins 9-7 to seven against Indy. Tennessee, Ryan Jensen, not Rule 5 eligible this season. Not Rule 5 eligible this season. Four innings pitched, two hits, one run, one earned, four walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Joe Nahas out of the bullpen in his first double-A game, gave up a two-run homer in one inning pitched. Um, lesson learned. You know, it's double-A is a tough level. Yuri Ramos, one inning, one hit, one walk, one strikeout, and that is one guy that is on the tentative Rule 5 protect list. Still haven't decided. Harrison Wenson. Wow, I'm going to have to do a podcast on Harrison Wenson and one other specific player. I'm just going to have to. Um, The Tennessee game was the game that I had on when I started to nod off to sleep. I took a bit of a nap, so I missed a whole bunch of the game, but I was listening to it the entire way. <laughs> uh, just resting my eyes. It was 4-2, to two, bottom, no, 4-2, to two, top of the eighth. Wenson had doubled and taken third on a single. Possibly he could have tried to have scored, but down two in the eighth with nobody out. There was no point in taking a risk, so Wenson stopped at third. The next batter struck out. Rafael Morel hit a 103-mile-an-hour line drive off of the pitcher's mound. It bounced right to the second baseman. Four, six, three, double play. Remember my word emblematic? That was emblematic of what a lot of what was going on tonight in the Cubs pipeline. Um... It just didn't play out. It just didn't work. It just didn't go like we wanted. Sometimes that's how baseball goes. Um, South Bend, probably the highlight of the pipeline for the night. Max Bain, six innings, three hits, one run, one earned, zero walks, eight strikeouts. I think I said zero walks, eight strikeouts last night, uh, last time Max Bain started. I might be off on the strikeouts. It might have been no walks and six strikeouts, but... If Max Bain is starting to not walk people, that is monstrous. That's like um, that's like Bob Lanier huge or Sam Lacey huge. If you're apparently, I'm thinking about 1970s NBA centers, just guys who were they weren't necessarily tall, but they were big, broad-shouldered. Matteo Boki comes in in relief, two innings, three hits, a run, earned a walk. Four strikeouts. Boki, he he's been like one of my top twenty surprises this this season, along with um, Joe Nahas. I was not expecting anything out of him. I was thinking, why is this guy around? And he just keeps pitching, keeps doing well, keeps getting people out. Um, Eduarniel Nunez, another one of those guys on the list. Uh, one inning pitch, one hit, two runs, two earned. 
two walks, two strikeouts, but he did close out the win. Bryce Ball was the man of the game. Three for three, two runs, two driven in, one walk, one home run off the scoreboard in right center field. Johendrik Piango, one for four, two RBIs. Alexander Canario, one for four with one uh, with one run scored. Um, oh, I apparently didn't write down the South Bend score. So what do you want the final score to be? Um, gave up four runs. It was a save situation. So I think it was a five to four final, something like that. That looks about right. Sounds about right. Seems about right. <coughs> Bryce Ball is now hitting like 212 with the Cubs, which sounds like, oh, that's a low batting average number. But he just keeps walking. He keeps walking. He has as many home runs in the Cubs system as he had had in the Atlanta system. Six for each. He's a useful piece for on into the future. And all the Cubs did was give up two, two and a half months of Jack Peterson, who was going to be all Jose Inglesias after the offseason, once the offseason rolled around anyway. Um, South Bend wins. Remember I term emblematic, emblematic, emblematic. Ed Howard singles to lead off the Myrtle Beach game in the bottom of the first. He takes off. Kevin Made singles. The throw goes to third. Howard slides in safely. Made scoots to second. First two guys of the game for Myrtle Beach have base hits. This is going to be fun. This is going to be great. This is... Myrtle Beach had one hit the rest of the way. Emblematic. Um... Don't worry about it. Jose Miguel Gonzalez, five innings pitched, five hits, three runs, two earned. But if you're not going to score, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Walker Powell, one inning, one strikeout. That was his full season debut. He'd pitched a couple nights ago in Mesa for the Arizona Compound League Cubs. Nice to see him getting a look in a regular season game. Lynchburg Hillcats win 4-1 to over Myrtle Beach. Again, it's about assessing. Are these guys going to justify 40-man roster spots? Should this guy be protected? Should this guy currently on the 40-man roster be retained or should he be non-tendered? Those are the decisions to make now. Those are the decisions to make now. It's really funny to me on Twitter, uh, on wherever. When I ask a question like, should Adrian Sampson be protected on the 40-man roster? Should Adrian Sampson be protected on the 40-man roster? Nobody has any comments. Nobody has any thoughts. Nobody has any inklings. Nobody has any, you know, how you get the two sticks and you rub them together and you get the little sparks going. Nothing. 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 That's the important question. The important question is, these players who are on the 40-man roster, when someone says, I'd rather have Jose Iglesias on the 40-man roster over the offseason than... Sergio Alcantara. 
Jose Iglesias, Jose Iglesias will not have a 40-man roster spot in the offseason. Because if the Cubs bring him in, replace Andrew Romine, replace, put David Bodie on the 60-day injured list, you know, whatever it is that they would do. As soon as the season ends, he's off the 40-man roster. Just like Zach Davies. He's off the 40-man roster because he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. The questions that ought to be being asked are the guys on the 40-man roster, should they be kept on the 40-man roster over the offseason? Just, just, for my, just for my fun, just for my fun, I'm going to run down the list of my players that are still center column. Corey Abbott. I can be swayed. Rex Brothers, probably right column. I don't think he will be retained. Jonathan Holder will have to show something to um, stay on the 40-man roster, and he hasn't done it yet. He can still do it, but he hasn't. Dylan Maples, I really think they want to hang on to him on the 40-man roster. Trevor McGill, they'd like to. Adam Morgan, Wow, it would be so convenient if they could like trade him for a 19th round draft pick or something. Because he should be on a 40-man roster somewhere. Michael Rucker, Maple, McGill, Morgan, Rucker, Sampson, Efros. Arguments can be made either way. Maples, McGill, Morgan, Rucker, Sampson, Efros. Arguments can be made either way. Sergio Alcantara. If he is retained, he will probably be waived. In, or he will probably be um, designated for assignment in January at some point. And that shouldn't be a surprise. Alfonso Rivas ought to be on the 40-man roster. Michael Hermosillo is going to have to hit his way on. And Rafael Ortega. Those are the 13, men, uh, 13 guys in the center column. And some of them should go left column. Some of them should go right column. Um... So yeah, it was two wins, two losses, a couple of things to assess. Eric Yulman, Corey Abbott, Brendan Little have a little bit of Yuri Ramos, Eduarniel Nunez. The best stuff that ought to be being assessed for um November 19th, and then Walker Powell. Nice to see him getting um, a legitimate look in Myrtle Beach. He should probably be a starter in South Bend in 2022 if he's healthy. I'm about done here for now, but I do have an idea for another podcast to do in a couple minutes. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be nice to one another. And it's nice to have a four-game winning streak, even if it is murdering the Cubs' uh, draft spending for the June draft.